Coming to you from the American College of Emergency Physicians, this is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. I'm joined by Dr. Paul Kivala. He's Vice President of ASEP, and prior to that, he was the Secretary Treasurer of ASEP, and I believe just about every other position possible that one could attain and be elected for at ASEP. Welcome to you, Dr. Kivala. Well, thank you very much. Those, that's very kind, but I'm just here to serve. <laughs> and I'm here to serve you. My first question to you is, in the role of vice president, um, a lot of people don't know what goes into that. And as we talked a little bit offline, you have to play the liaison to a number of different uh, functions within ASEP and a lot of different initiatives. Take me through a few of those initiatives that, that you become a key involved figure in. Well, I've been liaison to several different sections and groups. One of those liaison that is, is kind of central is I'm liaison to the Emergency Medicine Residence Association, otherwise known as EMRA. And EMRA is just a fantastic group. You know, this is our future. The residents are our future. And there's a lot of issues that, you know, we've kind of brought to bear. One of the things that they have is, you know, they're, the world is changing very quickly right now. As Dr. Kaplan, our presence, has spoken during his message, the future is coming faster than we expected. And, you know, it's imperative that the residents stay involved in the organization because really as, as change happens, it's going to affect them more than it will affect a lot of us older physicians that have been practicing for a while. So a call to action, if you will. There's a sense of let's get on the ball now. Absolutely. You know, whether you're a resident or a young physician, I'm also liaison to the young physician section as well. You know, we try to bring information to the residents and the young physicians about the changes that are on the horizons so they can be part of directing the college and directing healthcare in general the direction that is best for uh, patients. Do you see most of those changes in the health policy sector or in practice guidelines, or where do you see a lot of the changes coming? They're coming in every direction right now. There's community paramedicine, integrated health care, telemedicine's changing things. There's freestanding emergency departments. There's joint ventures. There are so many different things that are happening now, and there's so much consolidation within the healthcare field. We don't even know what's, what's going to be there next year. That's why it's so important to stay involved whether it's as an EMRA member or when you get back into practice as a young physician section member. Right. Everybody talks about social media, of course. It's out there. Younger physicians are, by and large, more attuned to it. Is that an area that you've seen in this liaison role, one that needs special attention to for the young physicians, or is that one that they're actually bringing to the table and trying to inform the older populations in the medical uh, circuit? Well, social media is an interesting thing that is somewhat controversial even within emergency medicine. But, you know, this is the young physicians, they learn differently. They learn by video. They learn by their smartphones. They learn in small segments. You know, we started off, you know, sitting in one- and two-hour lectures. Now things are learned on YouTube in three or four minutes. And so we've compacted and kind of repackaged our teaching and I think that's one good example of where the college is going so that we can meet the needs of all of our members. Right. I think YouTube, that, that mentioned, for instance, is a particularly apt one. I think a number of our, our viewers, listeners, even myself, could attest that YouTube might account for maybe 50% of some of the medical education <laughs> that we receive. It's amazing how many options are out there now for physicians to enhance their practice, to enhance their, their training and their education. Absolutely. You know, the more times you kind of see something, it's so much better than looking at it in a book, is to watch a procedure in action. You know, it's active learning. When you hit all the senses, including visual, auditory, all of those things, it just makes a much more effective experience. If you're just tuning in. This is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz, and I'm joined by Dr. Paul Kivala. 
He's vice president of ASEM, and we're talking about a lot of the new initiatives and mandates coming in for the younger populations. And uh, we'll actually turn to some other populations. Why don't we talk a little bit about the work that you do in regards to annals of emergency medicine? I know that you have a, a strong role in that as well as a liaison. Well, I, I like to take credit for everything, but uh, honestly, there's not much I can t- take credit for. But I can talk about annals, and you know, it's now the number one, or it's been actually for a few years, it's been the number one basically research-oriented publication in emergency medicine. And even over last year, these publications are graded by what's called an impact score. An impact score looks at how often those articles in that publication have been sourced by another another publication. And so Annals is number one in the emergency medicine space, and even over the last year, it's increased its impact score increased by 8%. You know, some of the things that I think members don't know is that traditionally Annals was thought as publication just for academics. But there's a tremendous number of articles in there that have total clinical relevance. And we tried to make that much more clinical. There's also some sections in there just talking about advances and changes in medicine. And along the same lines, you know, there's podcasts for our members to listen to on the way to work and that are very, very meaningful in reviewing the articles. So it, it really makes, there's a lot of ways to get that information out of there rather than sitting down for hours reading uh, a, quote, academic journal, as I know a lot of clinicians uh, really don't do anymore. Right, right. Were the multimedia editions, were those recent? Yeah, those, those have been relatively recent, but there's also tweets that go on from annals. So there's a lot of ways to stay in touch with what Annals is, is publishing. It's an interesting role that you have in that liaison role. You sort of get to have a bit of oversight, um, get to be a correspondent consultant in respects. Where do you see a journal like Annals heading from here? Well, I, I think the, like I said, I think it's, you know, traditionally it's getting more and more clinical. And I think there's going to be more and more articles on healthcare policy as things change. You know, Annals, the staff and and the physicians involved are fantastic. They really have a good grip on where medicine's going, and you know they engage a lot of different sources. So I, I think it's it's a publication that I hope everybody uh, continues to read. And do you feel like that direction, that shift that's taking place in front of you with Annals and with others that you're a part of, do you think that's reflective of a shift in sentiment towards emergency medicine in general or from emergency medicine? Because the history of emergency medicine was often staked in a feeling of exclusion, of not being seen as uh, a recognized specialty compared to the 63 others. And that led to part of the logo for ASEP, which is the one excluded square. Clearly, that's seen a shift. Emergency medicine is in the limelight, perhaps more than many other specialties now. But do you see that play out in practice or in uh, such journals as Annals or other types of media that's around ASAP? Well, when the, when the impact score goes up, everybody takes notice. So now we have even emergency physicians from other countries trying very diligently to get published in Annals. So when the impact score goes up, you know, it, it gains a lot of attention. And since we're the number one publication in the, in the emergency medicine sector, certainly, you know, they have so many great articles that they can't publish all of them. So I, I think what it does is it makes it very competitive. But, you know, they also, it's not just academic articles. It's policy articles I mentioned. There's also editorials and viewpoints and even updates on, on different things that are kind of coming down, down the pipeline. So I think there's a lot of things that are very, very interesting in that, in that journal. And I hope if you haven't looked at an issue in a while that you 
it just encourages you to go out there, open up an issue or two, and really see what, what's getting covered in annals. Right, and I would reflect that out to our audience as well. I think that's a good incentive, a good call to action for them to check it out and see how things have changed and um, perhaps improve that impact score. Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be uh, up another 10 or 8 or 10% next year. <laughs> well, let me broaden it up before we wrap up. Anything on the horizon for ASAP in general? Obviously, you're in a unique position as vice president. Um, anything that, that you want to impart to our audience about uh, where ASAP's going or where uh, you intend to be? Well, I, I think uh, one of the things that's happening is change is happening very quickly. You know, we're trying to stay on top of all the different changes and make sure that we direct them so they're in the best interests of the patients and the physicians and that those are collaborative issues. You know, some of the things just briefly on the horizon, we're looking at data repositories so that we can make sure that we capture and control the right quality improvement measures. There's also things that we're looking at uh, coordinating care. We are also working on a, a data repository that will push information to the physician. So when you, a patient walks in, you already know whether, whether they, the prescription drug monitoring program has lit up on their name, or whether they have a post form on staff, or how many CT and other uh, radiologic imaging studies they've had performed. You know, that would make our doctors and our physicians and make my, my practice a lot better and a lot easier. And it would also, you know, in the, in the best aspect of it, improve patient care. And that's what we're really here to do, is we're here to better serve our patients. Expertly put. <laughs> you should take my job. It's perfectly articulately put. With that, I do want to thank Dr. Paul Kivala for joining us. We've been talking about ASEP's present and future, uh, the horizons. And uh, I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz for ReachMD. Dr. Kivala, thanks again for your time. Thanks, Matt. For more access to this and other podcast videos on ReachMD, come over to ReachMD.com. And thanks again for joining us.